following production is brought to you by Derek Lamont Enterprises, a subsidiary of LDM Entertainment, exclusively licensed for use on Patreon.com. Enjoy the show. This week's episodes are sponsored by Unscripted Roasters, a black, veteran, and woman-owned coffee bean roasting company. For more information, please go to Instagram.com slash Unscripted Barista. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the All Our Nonsense Podcast Network, as well as the Derek Lamont Experience on YouTube. <clears throat> I know that I said that the weekend gaming was going to be sunsetted and everything would be folded into the Derek Lamont show. However, with everything that went on this week with TGS and, and things like that, I figured I was going to go ahead and just make this a standard version of the weekend gaming. Now, on the Derek Lamont show, there will be gaming stories, but if I do anything that's just straight gaming centric where there's way too many stories to try to put into the Derek Lamont show, it will be a weekend, uh, the weekend gaming episode. So, Obviously, uh, TGS is upon us, Tokyo Game Show. Um, some people said this is one of the most mid-summers in gaming news. I can't say that I don't necessarily disagree with that because there's been some good news and there's been some really, really lame news. So uh, I don't know. I'm just going to jump right into things. There are some stories from earlier, earlier in the week, and then I'm going to tap into what happened um, with respective shows from Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft surrounding Tokyo Game Show. So, starting right at the top, um, Rockstar co-founder Dan Hauser invests in Blockchain Game Studio, joins its advisory board. Uh, Revolving Games is making, (coughs) excuse me, a Battlestar Galactic game and a Nintendo-inspired RPG. Uh, Rockstar co-founder Dan Hauser is the latest notable game developer to endorse Blockchain Games. The former creative lead behind Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead Redemption franchises has joined the advisory board of blockchain games firm Revolving Games uh, after participating in a $13.2 million funding round. Um, here's the thing. NFTs and blockchains, look, it's just a bunch of bullshit, in my opinion. I'm not. There's a lot of people making money off of it, and I'm not trying to shit on y'all, but I just don't think it's sustainable. There was a time where Pogs were the cool new toy, and everybody thought that was going to be like the future of like physical gaming and stuff like that it was going to be like better than some people said it was going to be better than D and monopoly and sorry and all that and that lasted all of five fucking minutes and this was like 95 ish if not 95 96 or something like that i was uh in junior high um there was a time where um uh 3d tv and movies you know it had a big resurgence around the mid-2000s to the early 2010s, and that went away. This NFT and blockchain shit, it's going to go away just like everything else. So um, to hear that Dan Hauser, you know, it was surprising when he left Rockstar Games, and I think that a lot of people are looking at the current issues with Rockstar, like it's taken so long for you know, to get news about Grand Theft Auto 6, and Apparently, there was a Grand Theft Auto 4 remake in the works and a Red Dead Redemption remake in the works, but the way that the Grand Theft Auto um, trilogy collection performed so badly, it's like, okay, well, no, we're not fucking doing that now. A lot of people look at it like Dan Hauser left and they lost their way, which I can't say that. I know that he was very involved in the script writing of Red Dead Redemption 2. I believe that script had like a thousand pages of it just because of all the dialogue and all the options in the game. But um, it's like, what is Dan Hauser going to do? What is Dan Hauser going to do? And this is what he decides to do. And he funded it $13.2 million. It's like, really? I, I just, I don't, um, 
I don't see where this is going, and I, don't, I just don't think it's going to be anything big. Since its launch in 2020, Revolving Games has raised a total of over $25 million for the development of Web3 games and technology. Uh, the company has two studios and a team of over 100 employees working on blockchain games across North America, Europe, and Asia. Its debut title is a Battlestar Galactica-themed strategy MMO in partnership with Gala Games and NBC Universal. Okay, so they got NBC Universal. That may be something. Its second title, Skyborne Legacy, is billed as a co-op adventure RPG inspired by Nintendo series like Animal Crossing and The Legend of Zelda. Revolving Games co-CEO Saad Zaim said, Our vision is clear to build AAA quality games that turn heads amongst the best launches at the top gaming forums like Gamescom and E3. Uh, as the world moves from a developer-owned ecosystem to a player-owned ecosystem, Revolving Games will be at the forefront of this evolution whilst continuing to release titles that compete with the best in traditional video games industry. I don't want to be one of those people who be like, yeah, right, Bozo, get the fuck out of here. But I'm just going to be one of those people like, yeah, I, I just don't see this. I really don't. Um, Co-op adventure RPG inspired by Nintendo series like Animal Crossing and The Legend of Zelda. It can be inspired by those all it wants to. Tunic definitely feels like it's sort of inspired inspired by The Legend of Zelda. But it's not going to be The Legend of Zelda. Animal Crossing proved that there is a... A, a fan base for that it that was one of the first big triple a titles in the pandemic and i remember like i only played it for a couple of days because i knew final fantasy 7 remake was coming days later my daughter was on that shit constantly she literally i remember showing her the direct where they first talked about it and she she might have been like six at this time or something like that she's like when is that teddy bear game coming i was like teddy bear game She's like, yeah, the teddy bear game you showed me for the Nintendo. I was like, teddy bear? And I was like, Tom Nook? And I was like, is this it? And she's like, that's it. I was like, oh, yeah, it's coming in April. I was like, do you really want it? She's like, yeah. I was like, okay, I'm going to get it for you. And um, she was on it fucking constantly. She loved it. Um, She still loves Mario Kart. She loves a lot of stuff, Just Dance, stuff like that. There is an audience for these games, clearly. I just don't know if anybody can do it better than Nintendo. And I'm not shitting on this guy because obviously it's fucking Dan Hauser. However, blockchains and NFTs, I'm sorry, it just seems like a fad. Every other day when NFTs first started popping out, we saw like a star coming up with their own uh, board Ape Yacht Club um, uh, avatar and stuff like that. And then the further we go along, I'm like... Yeah, you don't see those fucking things anymore. And it just feels like eventually this shit is going to die out. And I know the joke was, y'all are paying all of this for fucking, um, <laughs> for fucking JPEGs. And it's like, it's not just a JPEG. And it's like, isn't it though? Like, I don't want to be that fucking guy, but I just feel like, nah, I'm, I, I don't see it. I really don't see it. And I'm not saying he made a bad investment. I hope it works out for him. I just don't know. I just don't know. And I it's not something they they would really have to blow my socks off and show me something for me to be like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely look into this and I might get this. But as of right now, it's a big no, my friend. Um, in other news, Splatoon 3 confirms first post-launch Splatfest dates and themes. This was actually talked about during the Nintendo Direct. I'm going to cover a little bit more of that later. Uh, looks like the Splatfest, I have it here in my notes. Where did I put that? Splatfest, September 24th and September 26th. The times are set for in UK time at the at the moment, so I really don't know what the adjustment is for 
time here in the U.S., so you guys should look into that yourselves. Um, <laughs> that sounds like a, a news guy who doesn't want to do this, but it's like, I don't fucking know. I don't have Splatoon 3, and I have nothing against it, because I actually have Splatoon 1 and 2. Uh, I know, I know a lot of people that I talk to on Twitter about gaming, they're playing it, they're absolutely loving it. I love it for those brothers. There's a lot of other shit I got to take care of first. And then if I jump in too late, nobody's really going to be online, so it's not something I'm going to jump back into. But I did really like Splatoon 1 and Splatoon 2. So if you guys are inter interested in taking uh, place in Splatfest, uh, again, that's September 24th and September 26th, check the Nintendo website. I would assume they have dates, or uh, the Nintendo Twitter account should have that information as well. Um, big news, though, earlier this week. This comes from IGN.com. Um, Halo boss Bonnie Ross leaves 343 Studios. She spent almost 30 years at Microsoft. Uh, Bonnie Ross, who co-founded 343 Industries, has announced she is leaving the studio. And this one rocked the core of, like, gaming on Twitter. There were spaces and stuff like that. I probably listened for about five or ten minutes. I told myself I'm not devoting any more time or energy to the negati negativity in those gaming spaces. I love everybody. Uh, Persona... Persona's dope. Bari's dope. Uni is dope. I know Uni pisses a lot of people off. Uni's dope. Um, even Smooth. I love Smooth. Um, I was actually listening to Game Pass the other day. It's still fucking hilarious to me. Um, BG. BG has some different opinions that I don't exa exactly agree with, but I think BG is necessary because he's the one who's going to tell you, no, nah, this is bullshit, and I'm going to tell you why. And I feel like Uni is kind of that same mold, but it's very Xbox-centric. Obviously, that's his... That's his uh, his platform of choice, I have no problem with that. Um, now, guys like Colt, I'm just not gonna subscribe to anything. Tim Dog, uh, not gonna like. I just been there, done that. We're not gonna do that. But I know this this announcement really rocked the core of people on Twitter. So, um, this statement came from Bonnie Wild. Hope to stay with Halo until we release the winter update. I'm letting you know I will be leaving three four three and attending to a family medical issue. Ross says in a statement on Twitter. She continues, I am incredibly proud of the work everyone at 343 Industries has done with Halo Infinite, the Master Chief Collection, the Halo television series, and so much more. It has been an honor to serve alongside the team for the last 15 years and to be a part of a universe that I love. Uh, <clears throat> in a statement to Windows Central, Microsoft says that the effective, that effective immediately head of production, Pierre Hintz, will take over as studio head in Ross's place. He will lead the ongoing development of Halo Infinite, the Master Chief Collection, and future games. Brian Koski will be the general manager of franchise, and Elizabeth Van Wick will be in charge of business and operations. Ross has been with Microsoft for the past 28 years and led 343 Industries for 15 of them. She has worked on a large number of Halo games, including Halo 4, Halo 5 Guardians, Halo the Master Chief Collection, and of course Halo Infinite as well. Um, currently, 343 Industries is working on the winter update for Halo Infinite, which releases on November 8th and brings the much-anticipated Forge mode as well as the online co-op feature for the campaign. Unfortunately, the split-screen co-op functionality has been canceled. Um, I know a lot of people are pissed off about that. Um, I'm not anti-Halo. I've tried it. It just wasn't anything that really, really I grasped onto. But that doesn't mean I think it's a bad game. For what I played, I actually enjoyed. Um, but... I, I don't know. Um, it sucks. Um, whatever's going on with Bonnie's family, um, I sincerely hope everything is okay. Again, um, it's tough. 
And when you have a family, um, you got to go take care of your family, first and foremost. And I know it just sounds like I'm reiterating what I was saying, and maybe I am, but I understand why she stepped away. I don't think it had anything to do with the direction of Halo as a franchise and business being done at Microsoft. I truly do believe this was a family matter, and it required her undivided attention. Right? Do I think that we're going to see Bonnie pop up elsewhere in the gaming industry? It depends on how long, excuse me, it depends on how long before this situation, uh, this isolated situation is either resolved or things are better. Again, I don't know. Um, wishing her the absolute best. Uh, wishing everybody at 343 Industries and Microsoft the absolute best as well. Because if it's one of your tentpole franchises, you know, it can rock you to the core if if your leadership changes and that's not to take anything away from the people who will be taking over in leadership roles. I, I would assume they're all very capable. Otherwise, they wouldn't, would not have been promoted. Um, they got to grit their teeth, bear down, and they can figure this out and uh, usher Halo into you know the next generation and, and get them through this winter update and figure out where they're going to take the franchise beyond that. Obviously, with the Paramount Plus show and things like that. So, I don't know. Um any any news on that we'll keep you guys posted as well um so um let's just go ahead and get into these shows shall we um everybody so nintendo kicked things off on the 13th that morning the direct was announced i believe the day before or something like that and then later on that evening sony's like hey guess what we're doing a state of play as well everybody's like what the fuck nintendo and sony are like ready to fucking play so um sony not actually they they showed a lot of good things and they gave people a hands-on review of the psvr2 in working mode fully functioning model um, I'm hearing good things. The only thing I've heard is that they don't like the fact that there's no built-in sound on the headset, like little earbuds or anything built into the headset, but I'm hearing good things. Um, there is a review on the IGN YouTube channel if you guys want to see it there, and I believe somebody else did a review too. I can't remember which gaming you know, channel it was, but there's definitely hands-on reviews on YouTube, so if you guys are interested, go check those out. So I'm just going to go ahead and start off with what I am interested in from the Nintendo show. Um, Bayonetta is coming. Bayonetta 3 is coming October 28th of 2022, so that's really cool. We are getting Mario Kart 8 DLC this winter. That's awesome. They're bringing back some classic tracks from like the DS and other systems and stuff like that. Um, think about it. Mario Kart 8 came out in 2015. 2014, 2013, or 2014. I cannot remember exactly. Obviously, it was on the Wii U, then ported to the Switch. It is 2022. They are still supporting that game. So, fucking hats off to Nintendo because they could have dropped support a long time ago and been like, what the fuck ever. They keep adding things to the game. They are making it a very important and vital part of the Nintendo Switch online ecosystem. I think it's absolutely fucking great. Um, there's some things about the the Switch Online ecosystem I'm going to talk about in a second because there's some things I don't really agree with, but whatever. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles expansion is coming October 13th, so you guys be on the lookout for that as well. Um, Tunic is coming to the Nintendo Switch on September 27th. That is actually really cool. Uh, Switch Sports is getting a free winter update. That's coming up sometime. I don't exactly remember. 
Obviously, I said earlier, Splatoon 3, Splatfest, September 24th and September 26th. I actually did right here in my notes, check for times. Sifu is coming to the Switch. If you guys don't have a PlayStation 5 or PlayStation 4 or PC and you've been looking and seeing Sifu, and if you have a Switch and you want to play it, now's the time. I didn't. I don't remember what the date was. I actually, I guess I did not write it down. But Sifu is coming to the Switch. I think it's going to run beautifully on that on that uh, hardware. Um, I don't know. I was going to say, you know what? I don't know if it's a cloud version, but then I think about it. It ran natively on the PlayStation 4, so it could be a native version running for the Switch. A lot of people being like, the Switch is getting Sifu and Xbox isn't? This is crazy. Um... Obviously, Sony and Microsoft are playing this game of cat and mouse, and Microsoft obviously swallowing up publishers to get exclusive titles, and Sony is actually, we know from contracts and things like that, paying to keep certain titles off of Microsoft systems. So they're playing that game of back and forth, but Sifu is coming to the Switch. Uh, Octopath Traveler 2 is coming February 24th of 2023, so that's going to be awesome. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, it's also coming to PlayStation ps5 however it's not coming to xbox which is strange because the first octopath traveler is available on xbox so that's interesting uh nintendo 64 games are coming to the switch online expansion pilot wing 64 not really for me but i figured i'd jot it down mario party 1 2 and 3 that is dope because i fucking love mario party i remember when mario party first came out and i was getting into my later years of high school and i'm like eh, it's not a game i'm gonna play and then i rented it i was like Oh, fuck, this is dope. This is dope. I love this fucking game. Um, but, yeah, Mario Party 1, 2, and 3 coming to the Switch Online. That is actually dope. I'm excited for that. Um, let's see. Sorry, emails. Um, Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2. I really wanted, because like, I'm sitting right here and I'm recording, and in front of me I have my NES Classic Mini, my SNES Classic Mini, my Sega Genesis Mini, the wide-body Genesis. The slimmer one is coming in October. I've got that one pre-ordered. And my PlayStation Classic Mini. And I was really, really, because we saw there was a, a patent for uh, the controller icon for the 64. I was like, okay, we're getting the 64 Mini. And everybody's like, I want GoldenEye. I want Pokemon Stadium. I want this, that, and third. We saw Pokemon Snap come to the Switch. I was like, any minute now, they're going to announce this, and we're going to get Pokemon Stadium, and it didn't happen. But, alas, Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2 have been added to the Nintendo Switch Online expansion, so you guys will be playing that pretty soon. Um, also, this one, uh, Excite Bite, is coming as well. This was the highlight of the Nintendo show. Other than, I'm sorry, Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core Reunion, we got a release date. Now, I know I talked about this on the show sometime back. Um, looked on Amazon a while back, and they said it was coming March of 2023. And I'm like, fuck. And somebody's like, well, you know, technically, I was like, they said winter of 20, you know, they said this winter. And they're like, well, technically winter starts December 21st, and it technically goes till about March. And I was like, fuck, technically that's right. So Amazon said March 28th or something like that. And then I saw this. I was like, wait, what? So, we are getting Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core Reunion this December. Um, I believe that's December 13th. I have to double-check on that date, but I'm really fucking excited about that. I cannot fucking wait to play it. I'm not getting it on the Switch. I am getting it on the PS5 because I'm obviously going to be playing Final Fantasy VII uh, 
remake part two on there. I've already played the Yuffie story on there. I'm replaying the uh, the standard story as well, and I'm actually playing the OG Final Fantasy VII as well. So, playing a lot of fucking Final Fantasy VII. That one, most actually, pretty much all of my Final Fantasy games I play on PlayStation consoles. I do have Final Fantasy VIII on Xbox, and I bought Final Fantasy Thirteen on the Xbox 360 when that launched. But generally, I play them on PlayStation or Nintendo consoles. So there's that. This was another. There's two more. This is one of two. This was one of the big ones for me. So remember, we all thought we were going to see GoldenEye on the Xbox Showcase E3 Showcase because... The website had leaked the trophies and achie- the achievements, not trophies, I'm sorry, achievements. So we're like, oh shit. So I'm, I text my cousins. I was like, yo, GoldenEye's coming to Xbox. We are back on this shit. You already know how we do. They're like, say less. We are amped for this shit. That Sunday shows up, the showcase, fucking nothing. We are pissed. I'm like, dude, I don't, they're like, what happened? I'm like, bro, I don't know. The website was there. It listed the achievements. Well, it popped up on the Nintendo Direct. It is coming to the Nintendo Switch. Okay, it's also coming to Xbox Game Pass because Microsoft owns Rare at this point and Rare developed the game. Here's the caveat. On Nintendo Switch, it will support four-player online mode. So the original, just like if you had four friends at your 64 and you guys played four-player split-screen mode. The online suite is not coming to the Xbox version. The Xbox version is only getting the campaign. Now, it is upscale to 4k in widescreen all that stuff however it does not get the online part it only gets the campaign a lot of people are like why the fuck would they do that um if you have rare replay if you own rare replay for xbox you actually get it free or it'll be in game pass uh i don't own rare replay i'm gonna look at the price and see because sometimes i let my game pass subscription lapse i'm not gonna lie if there's not anything in there at the moment that's really gonna work out for me Sometimes, yeah, I'll let the subscription lapse. Um, And I was telling my cousin, I was like, so when the announcement was first made, I hit my cousins. I was like, it's back on. They just showed it. It's definitely coming to Xbox this pretty soon. They're like, dope, dope, dope. An hour later, we get a confirmation. Yeah, Nintendo's only getting the online. So I text my cousin. I was like, so about that golden eye? He's like, damn, what? I'm like, Xbox isn't getting the online play. He's like, what? I was like, yeah, if you want to play four people on your Xbox, you got to do it the way we used to do with the Nintendo 64. He's in Texas. He was like, what the fuck kind of bullshit is that? I'm like, bro, I know. But, you know, everybody's like trying to figure out what happened. The best that anybody could come up with is the fact that Nintendo initially originally published the game back in 1997. Even though Microsoft owns Rare... I guess there was some sort of deal about bringing the game back because it is an original Nintendo title. I guess the only way to bring the game back for Nintendo was like, we will let Microsoft have the game on their console, but they don't get online multiplayer. Until the details come out, this is all we can do is speculate. If the details come out, I will definitely fucking report back to home base and let you guys know. But I think it's kind of a waste. Am I going to play it? More than likely on the Xbox, yeah, because that's where I play a lot of stuff. Um, A lot of people have a problem with this, and to be completely honest with you, I am one of them. And the reason I have a problem with this is, let's be completely honest, when it comes to online suites, 
Xbox Live is top tier. And then I would put PlayStation Network under it. Nintendo Switch is dead fucking last. I'm sorry. When they first, they kept putting off the online, putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. And then when they finally told us about their online plans, there's like, yeah, you can do this. And there's an app you download for your phone and this, that, and the third. And everybody's like, hybrid console, hybrid console. This is so cool. I told you guys. There was going to be a downfall to the Switch, and the online was what the downfall is. You can still play Mario Kart, you can still play Smash, you can do all that, but there's no dedicated headset, you gotta download an app for your phone. That's a lot of extra shit you shouldn't do, alright? This is why I'm always 100% for set-top console boxes that plug into your TV. It's nice being able to take my Switch other places, but at the same fucking time, this is where you have issues. And my cousins, they don't play Nintendo, so they don't have a Switch. So, no, we're not going to get those four-player, multiplayer matches that we used to have when we were younger. We used to live for that stuff. Um, you know, licensed games. We used to play WCW NWO Revenge. We used to play uh, WWF WrestleMania 2000, WWF No Mercy. I don't see WWE renewing those licenses, and we know that Ukes is working on the AEW Fight Forever game. But it would be interesting if they could bring those games back. But then, obviously, with them going to the Switch and probably nowhere else, I like, yo, if y'all want to play this with me, y'all got to go out and buy a Switch. And I just don't think that they're going to do that. Um, I am excited it's coming back. I still have issues with the Nintendo Switch Online expansion. I went into GameStop to purchase it, and they're like, no, no, it doesn't work like that. You don't just buy a card. You have to actually sign up and give them your card number online. I was like, okay, no big deal. I'll do that. And the guy's like, look, I'm going to be honest with you. Why are you getting it? I was like, because they're not going to give us a new version of Ocarina of Time. So if I want to play Ocarina of Time, this is it. And he's like, it's not worth it. The frame rate is terrible and the game is really shitty. And I'm like, so which version is it? He's like, it's the native N64 version. I was like, now why would you not fucking give us the 3DS, like take away the 3D, but give us the 3DS version of it. That's the better option, right? Nintendo's like, fuck you guys. We do what we want, and you're still going to buy it. And they're right. They're absolutely right. Because the last thing that they showed to close out the show, and I was talking to TM106 on Twitter about this. We're like, what do you want to see? I was like, truth be told, I just want to see Breath of the Wild 2, find out if that's still going to be, if that's going to be the title, and get a release date. And lo and goddamn behold, they ended the show. The game is now called The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. It is coming in May of 2023. Now, a lot of people are speculating. They're like, and then watch them come out with the Switch Pro around this time. Um, they're looking at it, They're like, these assets look better than the, the uh, Breath of the Wild assets. Da-da-da-da. I'm telling you, this is probably running on a new Switch. There's going to be new hardware. I don't know what the fuck it is. I'm telling you like this. I will be playing The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom in May of 2023. I, the fucking house could be burning up. And I will be sitting there with my Switch playing Tears of the Kingdom. I'm 100% invested in this game. I love The Legend of Zelda. You guys should know that by now. So I'm really fucking stoked. Nintendo showed, a lot, showed off a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff from Square Enix. The focus was Japanese. Was, was a lot of JRPGs. Being that it's TGS week. And Sony told us. Hey we're going to show you some PSVR 2 stuff. We're going to show you some J Japanese related games and things like that we're tempering your expectations up front so everybody kind of stuck to the script it's tgs let's go all in on jrpgs and things of that nature as far as a grade for this showcase for this nintendo direct i'm giving nintendo a b plus a b plus i thought this was a really good actually i tell you i tell you what 
I'm going to give it an A-. minus. I thought this was a really, really good fucking show. Bravo, Nintendo, because you guys showed up and showed the fuck out. There's a few things I didn't like. There's a lot of games they showed that aren't for me. But the stuff that they showed that is for me, I think it's absolutely fucking dope. And I'm really happy Nintendo brought the heat. So, really excited about that. Moving along to the state of play. And they kicked this off with Tekken 8. And IGN RC has an article about that. Um... It is really, really long, so I'm not going to go into it. I will post the link to it uh, in the episode notes so you guys can look into that. Um, Tekken series lead answers our questions about the latest installment in an exclusive interview. Um, Again, not going to go deep into that, but I will tell you this. um, From the brief bit that they showed to open that state of play, Tekken looks fucking good. It looks really, really good. Um... Yeah, I know. <laughs> I fucking know. Um, fucking StockX. Um, I'm excited to play this game. I'm really excited to play this game, and I didn't really think about it until somebody said something. I think Game Ranks, they were like, Tekken 7 was 2015. I was like, holy shit. It's been seven years since a Tekken title, and it's not coming before the end of 2022, so it's not like, oh, seven years. It could very well be eight or nine by the time we actually see this game, because I don't remember them showing a release date. But... um. It looks really fucking good. I'm really stoked. I cannot wait to play this. They showed off some of the Hogwarts Legacy PlayStation exclusive quests. That looked really good. Of course, you know I'm getting Hogwarts Legacy on the PlayStation 5 um, because they showed it first. When they did the PlayStation 5, the very first showcase where they showed the PS5 at the very end, Hogwarts Legacy was one of the games that they showed. I know it's coming to other platforms, PS4, Series X and X, all that stuff, Xbox One. Really excited. I remember having this conversation about this game when we saw those leaks that WB had wiped years ago. I was at my friend James's house, and we were having this conversation. I told him I'm 100% all in on this fucking game. So uh, I'm really stoked for that. Can't wait to see that. Um, Tim, Team Ninja, Rise of the Ronin. This looks fucking good. I will tell you this, and somebody else tweeted this earlier online. What Ghost of Tsushima was able to accomplish is that they made feudal Jap- uh, Japan... And that whole time period, a hotbed. Because it is, in almost anything, it's follow the leader. And we saw Ubisoft with an Assassin's Creed game uh, that takes place in feudal Japan. And Team Ninja Rise of the Ronin is as well. So it looked really good. I'm really excited to play that. Um, Other than that, they showed off God of War Ragnarok. Look. Kratos saying death can have me when it earns me shook every one of us on Twitter to our souls. Like so many people retweeted and kept tweeting that line. Everybody like everybody saying, oh, it's just DLC for God of War 2018. It's not even the fucking least. It's not at all. They showed us so much in that trailer. Um, The hype level for God of War has gone through the roof again. So November where we're about. Not even a full, we're less than a full two months away. Um, pre-ordered the digital version, pre-ordered the uh, collector's edition with Thor's hammer. Cannot wait. Uh, that shot at the end of the trailer where Thor and Kratos are about to bang and Thor snaps his finger and Milner comes to him. That is fucking insane. Um, a lot of questions like when is this fight going to take place in the game and will we see Kratos wielding Thor's hammer when he defeats him? Um, 
a lot of people were like, Kratos is going to die, and then the franchise is going to be taken over by Atreus. I don't know what's going to happen. This will end this particular chapter of the God of War story. Corey uh, Barlog already said that. But everybody at Sony Santa Monica was really fucking proud with themselves after we all saw that trailer because we're all like, what the fuck? This is insane. Um, kudos to everybody at Sony Santa Monica because the game looks fucking insane. You guys, I cannot wait. Stuff that came out this morning. This was not shown during the state of play, but Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection. We finally have the PC release date that is coming to PC next month, October 19th, 2022. Grab your passports, Fortune Hunters. We're honored to announce that Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection arrives on PC on October 19th. PC gamers will be able to experience Nathan Drake and Chloe Frazier's globetrotting adventures in this collection that includes the remastered and PC-optimized full-length single-player games, Uncharted 4, Thieves' End, and Uncharted The Lost Legacy. I am playing Thieves' End on my PlayStation 5, the Legacy of Thieves Collection version, and it is absolutely beautiful. I bought the original on the PlayStation 4, I played it on my PlayStation 4, I played it again on my PlayStation 4 Pro, and now I'm playing it on my PlayStation 4, uh, PlayStation 5. I bought uh, Lost Legacy on my PlayStation 4 Pro, gonna play it again on my PlayStation 5 as well. Naughty Dog does not miss when it comes to games. I just finished the main story in The Last of Us Part 1, the remake for the PlayStation 5. I'm still hunting uh, for that Platinum Trophy. I just started Left Behind a few days ago. I'm gonna finish, get all the collectibles in that. When I finish up that, I'm going to jump back in and do a play along for my Twitch channel. I will put the notes, uh, I'm sorry, the link to my Twitch channel in the episode notes as well. Um, this comes from PlayStation.blog. It's been a thrilling adventure with our partners at Iron Galaxy as we explored uncharted territory for our studio's first P uh, PC title. Iron Galaxy's immense talent and meticulous attention to detail make both games in this collection truly shine on PC. Uh, whether you're a first-timer or experienced Uncharted player, Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection showcases plenty of PC feature, new fe PC features to make your adventure epic and absolutely stunning. This version of Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection is optimized for PC with PC-centric quality of life enhancements such as reimagined UI, scale, sliders, GPU and VRAM detection, variable load speed, and so much more. Discover the breathtaking sights with enhanced visual fidelity, Immerse yourself in the cinematic storytelling with super sharp, true 4K resolutions. From thick jungles to snow-capped mountains, exotic islands to rain-soaked streets. Take in all the views of Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection's stunning environments with ultra-wide monitor support for the first time. Enjoy a host of graphical adjustments, features designed specifically for PC, such as adjustable texture and model quality. Um, PC players may play their way with all new controls and customizable options for Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection, experience haptic feedback and dynamic trigger effects designed for Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collections by playing with the DualSense controller through a wired connection to your PC. If you're a PC player and you're going to be playing uh, PlayStation 4 and 5 games, um, but PlayStation 5 games specifically on the PC, I would say invest in a DualSense. It is by far the best controller I have ever put my hands on. I literally have three of them. When one needs to be charged, it goes on the dock with the other one. When the one I'm playing with needs to be charged, it goes in the second one, and then I pull the other one off. I just swap them in and out. I have the Atomic Purple, Cosmic Red, and the Standard White that comes with the PlayStation 5. But, again, you can read all about this at PlayStation.blog. Um, again, Naughty Dog, top-tier studio. You know, they're one of the reasons that people regard PlayStation as the, the platform of choice for the best uh, exclusive player uh, titles, so... As far as the state of play, I'm going to give it a 
B minus. Okay, love God of War Ragnarok. They did show off some some great JRPG stuff, but a lot was left on the table because there were other shows that were going to happen. So I think I might have had COVID again. I'm pretty sure I did. I woke up at three in the morning coughing my fucking head off. And I was up for quite a while. And then I just finished watching the Mike Tyson series on Hulu, which is really good, by the way. If you guys haven't watched it, you should check that out. And then Xbox's TGS stream. So, um, to be completely honest with you, there wasn't much that they showed me that I haven't already played. Nino Cooney 1 and 2, uh, they're coming available. They're actually available on Game Pass now. Woe Long comes to Game Pass on September 16th, so by the time you guys are hearing this, it is available on Game Pass. And then on September 20th, Deathloop comes to Xbox Series X and S, Cloud, and PC with extra content as well. Um, Nino Kuni 1 and 2 are really good. The Persona titles are coming to Game Pass as well. Obviously, we knew that. Um, Danganronpa uh, and Danganronpa 2, you know, those are both coming to Game Pass. There was a lot of JRPG stuff shown at the Xbox show. Don't get me wrong. All really good games. The only problem is because Xbox has not had much of a footprint in Japan, these games have already been played on PlayStation consoles as well as Nintendo consoles. And I'm not being a console war guy at all. So for me, the show didn't appeal to me. Also, Deathloop, I have it on my PlayStation 5, and I've already played it. So, Persona 5, Royale, I have it. I already have the game and have played it on PlayStation. So, it just sucks because I don't want it. I don't want to feel like we're taking the air out the room and Microsoft didn't deliver. If you've never played any of those games, then absolutely go fucking play them right now because they are good games. But if you've played them on the other platform, it's like, do you want to play them again? If you subscribe to Game Pass and you're going to get the game for free, why the fuck not? If you haven't played them and you subscribe to Game Pass, yeah, fucking play them. But because I've played all these games, it didn't do anything for me. And I know a lot of people are like, well, you played Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core on the PlayStation Plus. And that was like 2005, six. I can't even fucking remember. This is a remade version of it. You know, they, they, all the screenshots of side to side comparisons. And I'm like, at first I was like, it looks the same. And I was like, oh fuck, I'm so wrong. It looks way fucking different. So obviously that'll be coming to Xbox as well. I don't believe it's coming to Game Pass. That's December 13th on PlayStation. I think it's December 13th. It is on PlayStation 5, uh, PlayStation 4. Xbox, hold on, let me double check before I go spouting off at the fucking mouth and I'm wrong. Let me just see. Um, okay, yes. And I was right about the date. Final Fantasy VII, this is from their Instagram page, Final Fantasy VII Reunion. Uh, Crisis Core launches on PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and Steam on December 13th, 2022. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't believe this is going to be a Game Pass game. I'm telling you guys right now who think it's like, oh, it's Game Pass. I'm going to get it for free. I don't think it's going to be in Game Pass. Um, but I am really fucking excited to play this. But again, because of most of the really cool stuff they showed at the Xbox TGS show, because I've played it, they're getting a C plus from me. I'm sorry. And, like, 
I know it, the focus is JRPGs and in, in, in Western and in, in Eastern games because it's Tokyo Game Show. You gotta pull out something. Sony told us it was gonna be JRPG focused on the state of play, and they still had the wherewithal to give us a new God of War uh, Ragnarok story trailer and show off that God of War Dual Sense. It looks cool, but I'm not gonna get that. I, I like I want the baby blue Dual Sense though, but um, I gotta give them. Yeah, it, it's a it's a C plus at best, just to be completely honest with you. But uh, Wo Long looks good. I know a lot of people on Twitter were like, "Well, we got Wo Long." It's not exclusive to Xbox. It is coming to other platforms as well. So if you guys weren't aware of that, so. And then last but not least, our good friends over at Capcom finished things off for me, and this was really big. I thought Capcom knocked it out the fucking park. So. Resident Evil Gold uh, Village Gold Edition includes the third-person mode and expansion featuring Ethan's daughter. That is coming October 28th. I am so fucking happy. People are like, you didn't like Seven? You didn't like Village? Or you didn't like Biohazard? I'm like, it's not that I don't like them. I, di I have Biohazard, and I remember playing it in VR, scaring the shit out of myself. Village, I played the demo, and I was like, first-person games... They make me sick, especially like they give me headaches, especially when there's a lot of running around. And in when you're playing Resident Evil, you're fucking running around. Stuff is chasing you, so the camera's bouncing up and down, and that literally gives me motion sickness. So this third-person view, a hundred percent, was what I needed. So I'm definitely on this now. Um, there's also a Mac version coming from MacBook Pro and Macs with M1 and M2 chips. So. A lot of people laughed, and I was like, these new Macs are fucking powerful, and Apple is positioning themselves to get into the gaming market. And they're like, there's no fucking way nobody's going to game on an Apple. They showed these games running on a Mac. Like, I'm recording this podcast on a MacBook Pro. I will edit this podcast on a MacBook Pro. So the wonders that it opens for people who have a Mac and, like, you don't have a desktop PC. This is big. Uh, there was that rumor that Apple may be interested in acquiring EA. Imagine if you had Madden and, and stuff like that on the Mac and other titles. Like, this is a big deal. Um, so that's really cool. There's also plans for a cloud version to come to the Switch uh, October 28th with DLC coming as well. Cloud versions of RE7, Biohazard, RE2, and RE3 are also coming to the Switch. And those who are at TGS can actually play the PSVR 2 version of RE Village. And there will be more info at the Resident Evil Showcase, which takes place next month. With those games coming on the 28th, um... Yeah, I would expect to hear more during that showcase or before. Also, they announced today that Resident Evil 4 is in development for the PlayStation 4 as well. Um, while they were developing it for current-gen consoles and PC, they took a look and said, you know what, this could run on the PlayStation 4. Um, again, I hate to be that guy and be the bearer of bad news. If you have an Xbox One, I don't think it's coming to Xbox One. It would be Series X and S and then PC, PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4. Uh I believe it was Steam. So it's shitty because I don't know if Nintendo is going to get a, a cloud version of this for the Switch. Um, other than that, uh, let me see. I had some other notes. Um, as far as Deathloop, um, it will receive free Golden Loop, up, Golden Loop updates on all platforms. So obviously I'm going to get that update on the PlayStation 5. New weapons, new enemies, new upgrades, an extended inning, 
uh, ending, I'm sorry, cross-platform matchmaking and more. Capcom also showed off uh, some Mega Man um, battle, uh, online battle stuff. So they have uh, Mega Man X Dive available right now on Steam for free. I went ahead and added that to my Steam library, so I'll be playing that. They showed off some Street Fighter VI stuff, and I'm really fucking happy um, I went ahead, jumped right in to sign up for the beta. So, um, we did see current versions or the next-gen versions of some of our favorite characters. Um, it looks like we are getting Dalsim, uh, Ken, Blanca, Dalsim, and E-Honda. They are all returning, obviously, along with Ryu and Chun-Li. Um, there... There is a special Street Fighter VI stream for the 16th. I know you guys will be hearing this the morning of the 16th. So um, that's 8 a.m. Pacific. So 10 a.m. Uh, yeah, 10 a.m. So by the time you guys hear this, it'll be 9 o'clock. So if you go on YouTube, it'll be on the Capcom YouTube channel. You just have to swipe the screen all the stream all the way back to the beginning and watch it there. Um, it looks good. I will say this. I don't really like the world tour situation. I like making your avatar and, and I don't know. I'm just happy we're getting the core guys back in from the beginning. I can't remember if it was Street Fighter 4 or 5 where Blanco wasn't there. Like he was DLC or something like that. You had to like unlock him. I can't remember which one it was. I'm pretty sure Blanco wasn't there though. And I thought that was really stupid. He's like a core fucking guy. Like anybody who was one of the core people in Street Fighter 2, you should never have to pay to unlock them in later games. I think that's really fucking stupid. Um, game looks good though. Obviously, there's going to be a Street Fighter Capcom stream. Um, you can sign up for the closed beta. That's going to be in October. I, I signed up. I'm going to uh, be playing that closed beta on my PlayStation 5. So uh, if you guys, you know, if you want to jump in on that, go ahead and go to streetfighter.com. Hurry up. You do need to have a cap. It forced me to make a Capcom ID. I'm not going to lie. I don't know what you guys have to do, but it did force me to make a Capcom ID. But I did select PlayStation 5 as my platform of choice to play it. So... Um, all in all, Capcom, I give them a fucking A because they gave me a lot of Resident Evil fucking information and some Street Fighter information, and those are my Capcom franchises, so I'm ready to play those. Um, as far as the TGS-themed shows, um, overall, Nintendo killed it. Sony did pretty good. Microsoft, if you haven't played those games, they're really good. If you have, then it's like, eh. Um, and then Capcom did really good as well. So overall, the shows that took place the 13th and the 15th, I give it a fucking A+. I thought it was really fucking cool. I'm really, really excited to be playing a lot of this stuff. Um, again, I can't wait for the uh, third-person version of RE Village. So I really want to jump into that now. Um, a lot of these games are really fucking dope, and I'm really fucking excited. Crisis Core is coming Mario Kart 8 DLC is coming. If you have a PC, Uncharted Lost Legacy, Xenoblade Chronicles expansion is coming. Fire Emblem Engage is coming top of next year. Um, or I can't remember when they said Octopath Traveler 2 coming top of next year. We're getting Legend of Zelda in May of next year. It's going to be going to be a great year. The, the rest of 2022. And 2023 is going to be fucking packed with the shit too. Starfield is coming. Redfall is coming. Spider-Man 2 is coming for the PlayStation 5. We are getting 
Final Fantasy 16 next summer. We are getting Final Final Fantasy Final Fantasy 7. I think the second one is Rebirth. Final Fantasy 7 Remake Rebirth is coming winter of 2023. There's going to be a lot of fucking great games. And uh, at some point, you're going to, if you have a PC, you're going to get The Last of Us Part 1 for PC. And we're going to get information on factions. And we're going to find out what the other Sony studios are working on. Everybody who's still waiting for a PlayStation Showcase, they could or could not do one. It doesn't matter to me. I know what I'm going to be playing for the next year or so. So I'm very happy and I'm very content. But if Sony wants to give us a showcase, a dedicated one-hour PlayStation 5 showcase and show some shit, show some early Wolverine development, show some of Spider-Man 2, I am all fucking for that. Um, so, yeah, I'm really fucking psyched, if you can't tell. I think I, I thought everybody did really good. Um, and I don't blame Microsoft for their show coming off that way because if you have an Xbox and you've only been playing on Xbox, then no, you didn't get a chance to play those games. But now you do have the opportunity. And I will tell my brethren who are on Xbox and that's your only platform, that's your platform of choice. If you guys want Microsoft to invest more into JRPGs and things like that, you guys have got to support these fucking games. You've got to support these games or they're going to be like, see, this is why we don't fucking do shit like this for you guys because you don't fucking support it. So, um, yeah, get out there, play those games. Everybody enjoy yourself. Temperature's going to start cooling off a little bit. We're going to spend a lot more time indoors gaming. I can't wait to jump online and play with some of y'all. Uh, also, Overwatch 2 is actually coming next month. That's going to be free to play. I forgot to announce that. They did announce that at the Xbox show, so that's something to pin their hat on. And for me, actually, that's going to move them up to a B-. I forgot about Overwatch 2, so it's going to be great coming up. Uh, I hope to see some of you guys in these online lobbies. And uh, play your fucking games, man. Don't just get on the internet talking shit. Play your fucking games. As always, I'm going to end this like I end every other podcast. My name is Derek Lamont Jackson. Believe in yourself first and foremost, because if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will believe in you. That's my time for the night. I got to go, you guys. Peace out. <laughs>